Well, good morning. Thank you for stopping by our channel. Today we will be continuing on in the book of Matthew. Uh, the last time that we gathered together, we studied through Matthew chapter 24. So today we will go ahead and take a look at Matthew chapter 25. So please go ahead and open your Bibles or your Bible apps up there to Matthew chapter 25. And while you're finding Matthew chapter 25, I'll go ahead and mention to you again that all of our past teachings through the book of Matthew, as well as many other books of the Bible, can be found on our webpage, which is on the screen here, www.aloveoutreach.com or via YouTube, uh, iTunes, and SoundCloud by searching for A Love Outreach. You can subscribe to or follow us on those forms of media if you'd like. But now that I've had you turn to Matthew chapter 25, uh, let's go ahead and before we jump on into our verses for today, go back and start reading in verse 42 of Matthew chapter 24. So Matthew chapter 24, uh, Jesus speaking down in verse 42 says, Watch, therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So, when Jesus is indicating here that we should be ready, what is He saying we should be ready for? We should be ready for His second coming, right? We should always be ready. Always, right? Living every day like this is the day that He is coming back for us. The Lord Himself, His apostles, all made it clear that we need to be ready for the coming of the Lord. There's a way we need to be living, a way we need to be presenting ourselves, our lives here on this earth, always ready, looking for the coming of the Lord. Okay, Always living in godly wisdom, always being faithful to the commands of the Lord. In verse 45, he says, Who then is this faithful and wise servant, whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find so doing. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and to drink with the drunkards, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour that he is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You see, many professing Christians today mistakenly live their lives as if the things they've done or the things they are doing does not matter. But Jesus never taught that. Nor did any of the apostles of Jesus teach that. Jesus expects and demands 
that His servants remain steadfastly faithful all the way until He comes again or upon your death, whichever comes first. And as we go on into chapter 25 now, Jesus is going to reiterate this fact all over again. He's going to drive that point home. He's making it very clear. And starting in verse 1, it says, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, here we see an example of people that Jesus is describing that have strived for purity in their lives. They have diligently lived in a manner where they have chastened themselves uh, to make themselves ready for the one that is going to make them his own. You see that they're making themselves ready. They've chastened themselves. They've disciplined themselves to be ready for the one that's going to make them his own. Okay? But we'll see as we read on here that Jesus makes it clear that we cannot let up in our pursuit of heaven. He says in verse 2, Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Now notice here, they all started out with the same focus, the same intentions. They made themselves ready and they were looking for the one whom they would spend the future with or in our case, who we will spend eternity with, right? But Jesus says here that five were wise and five were foolish. He continues in verse 3, Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. So the five that were described as foolish here were those that did not make the effort to be sure that they could keep the fire burning, keep the light shining. They didn't make the effort to be sure that they could do that. So many people that profess to be Christians today have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. They have heard the gospel at one point in their lives and maybe even they've plugged into a church fellowship, but there's no fire burning within them. They're not filled with the Holy Spirit because the cares of this world have choked out their desire to shine the light of the Lord in the way that they live. And this is what Jesus is describing here. And it really is a, writ, a written warning here for us all, directly from the Lord. Jesus goes on in this parable, and in verse 5 says, But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. Now, notice that, right? First of all, notice that the bridegroom was delayed. Okay? They're all sleeping and slumbering here because he is delayed. But, you know, what was the reason for the delay of the Lord? Why is the Lord delaying His coming right now? Well, what I'd like for you to do is go ahead and mark this page in your Bibles and turn with me toward the back of your Bible and find the epistle of 2 Peter. 
in chapter 3. So, in the New Testament, toward the back of your Bible, I want you to find 2 Peter. There's a 1 Peter and a 2 Peter. I want you to find 2 Peter chapter 3. Here we are going to see the Apostle Peter discuss the same topic that our Lord is teaching on in Matthew chapter 25, the second coming of the Lord and being ready for it. And starting in verse 1 here of 2 Peter chapter 3, it says, Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandments of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking around according to their own lusts. This is what scoffers look like, according to the Bible. People that walk around according to their own lust. I want what I want. I'm getting what I want. You ain't going to stop me. If you don't give me what I want, I'm going to take it anyway. You know, people just walking around in their own lust, okay? And saying, where is the promise of His coming? So the way they're living their life is like, they're, not, they're surely not fixed on the Lord coming back. They're living their life like, the coming of the Lord, who cares? I'm getting what I want. I'm doing what I want. Okay? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Every day is the same. The Lord is not, there's no such thing as the Lord coming back. Every day keeps going the same. You know, for this, they willfully forget that by the word of God, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of water and in the water by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of the judgment and perdition of un godly men ungodly men it's very important that we seek to live in godliness righteousness okay so peter is saying here hey folks look right let me remind you of something peter is saying in these verses creation as it was in the beginning was destroyed by a flood beat why because people were not obedient to the word of the lord they weren't keeping the commands of the Lord. They were not obedient to the word of the Lord. They were living in an ungodly manner and judgment came upon the whole earth. Okay, And, and the same thing holds true today. People are going about their lives ignoring the word of the Lord and there is judgment coming upon the earth again and this time it is the final chance for all of humanity. You have one chance right now. One choice to make, that is to repent and to come to Jesus Christ. You see, the first time it was the flood that God judged the earth with. And the last and the final time will be fire. The ungodly will be judged. That is, those that are not ready, they're not keeping themselves pure, they're not chased for the bridegroom, our coming Lord, they will be eternally damned. And Peter is saying here 
that in the last days people will be mocking this whole idea about the coming of the Lord. They're mocking it in the way that they're living their lives today. They don't really care. And even many professing Christians are slumbering and are not really ready for the coming of the Lord. They don't have that fire burning within them, that fervor to live the Lord, to live for the Lord on a daily basis in the way that they live their lives, right? But beloved, verse 8 says, but beloved. So now notice to, to whom he is speaking here, to the beloved, to the born again children of God. And he says, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. So with that in mind, the Lord has only been gone a couple of days since He ascended into heaven on the Lord's time clock. 2,000 years. We are now early in the, in the 3,000th year, right? Early in that time. Very early in the third day. And the Lord could come at any time. It might be today. The Lord is not slack, verse 9 says, concerning His promise. As some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So, this is why He is delayed. I asked the question earlier. Why is the Lord delaying His coming? Well, He's given people the opportunity to repent. To be born again, filled with the Spirit, walking by the leading of the Spirit, displaying the fruit of the Spirit in their lives, living their lives led by love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Again, Jesus describes those that are ready for the kingdom of heaven as virgins, right? And what made them pure? What makes us pure? Faith in the shed blood, in the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. So the, the route to heaven all begins with first repenting and coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And then the oil, the Holy Spirit within that person keeps them focused and living in obedience to the Word of the Lord. That's what the work of the Holy Spirit is. It brings us into remembrance of all things that the Lord said and did, constantly telling us, hey, this is how the Lord wants you to live. This is how you should be living. Rather than slumbering and not really caring and going out and drinking like drunkards and going out and partying and doing all of these different things that the people of the world do who don't really care about the coming of the Lord. But we are to be seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness right seeking God and his righteousness living in a righteous and a holy manner as if we're ready for the coming of the Lord but we must remain faithful and ready because Peter goes on to say here in verse 10 that the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and in godliness? So do you see what 
the Word of the Lord is saying here through the Apostle Peter. Everything that we see all around us in this world will be dissolved by the fiery judgment that is to come. And since this is the case, how should we be living our lives as followers of Christ today? Right? We should be having our eyes consumed with the Lord, fixed on the Lord, not consumed with this world, our minds consumed with this world. Right? We should have our lamps trimmed and ready. In verse 12 here, it tells us that we should be looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and new earth in which righteousness dwells. So the good news is that even though all of this, as we now know it, will be dissolved, there will be a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Unrighteousness will not dwell there. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be what? Be diligent. To be found, in, to be found by Him in peace without spot, and blameless. Do you see how that's on you? That's on me. We need to be found without spot and blameless. Okay? And consider that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you. So as we flip back now to Matthew chapter 25, we find that Peter was only echoing what his Lord had first said. That the Lord is coming again. And when He does, it will be quick, right? In the twinkling of an eye, as the Apostle Paul also taught. And we all need to be living in a manner that displays that we are ready to go. Jesus continues His parable in verse 6 of Matthew chapter 25 and says, And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet Him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps, and the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So do you see the importance of living a life like you're ready? It's not just, hey, I know the Lord, I know He's coming again, and here I am, for when He comes, I'm here. No, it doesn't work that way. 
the moral of the story, the meaning of the parable is plain. Be ready. Live today in obedience to the Lord. For again, it might be today that you have to bow the knee in His presence. Live godly, live righteously, live soberly in this present age as we're admonished to do from Titus chapter 2, 11 and 12, right? This is such an important point here that the Lord will give us another parable here about this topic, starting in verse 14. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. And and immediately he went on a journey. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise he who had received two gained two more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he had received five. So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things, and I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of of your Lord. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown. And gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore, take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away." And cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There will be reaping, weeping, excuse me, and gnashing of teeth. So, first things first here before I address these verses. This is not about money. This is not about money management. Those people that like to say that Jesus talked more about money than he did salvation, this is all about your salvation. This is all about how you're living, whether you're living righteously or not, whether you're ready for the coming of the Lord. That's what this is about. This is about money, not about money. You see, folks, the Lord is very serious about those that will truly live for Him and those that do not. We must first realize that what we have in this life belongs to the Lord. The earth is the Lord's in all of its full. Right, All our gifts, our abilities, 
everything we do should all be used for the glory of God. Everything we do. Yes, even how we spend our money, how we live our lives, everything we do should be lived for the glory of God because the earth is the Lord's in all its fullness. Should you be taking the Lord's money and gambling it? No. Should you be taking your talents and wasting them and using them for the world or to consume things upon your own lust? No. Everything that we do should be used for the glory of God. Right? We should work with integrity, honesty, and giving all diligence in everything that we do, right? And as we are diligent in working as unto Him, He is aware of our diligence and is sure to provide us with all that we need for life and godliness. And as we fix our eyes on Him to live in obedience to His Word, and we are seeking as our top priority, like I said earlier, the kingdom of God, He adds to us the things that we need. And the more we work as unto Him, being spiritually minded, not carnally minded, right? Not going about in the lust of our flesh, getting what we want, but rather being led by the Spirit, because those that are led by the Spirit will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, right? The Lord will see that we are ready for His coming. And we will be living in a manner that shows that. And again, we know from the Word of the Lord that that time will come. And when it does, it will come quickly. Verse 31, when the Son of Man comes in His glory and, and all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him and He will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Nations here meaning all peoples. All peoples will be before Him. Right? No matter, no matter what. Anyone that is will be before Him. He's going to shep, separate the sheep from the goat. Okay, this is what's going to happen in the last day. Then the king, verse 34, will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Do you see here that how you live does matter? What you do does matter. The works that we do here on this earth matter for all eternity. Verse 37, Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and gave you drink? When did we see you a stranger or take you in or naked and clothe you? Or, or when did we see you sick and in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me. You cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. 
I was a stranger and you did not take me in, naked and you did not clothe me, sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will also answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, Assuredly I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So there's a big distinction between those that are righteous and those that are not. The truly righteous, the ready virgins, if you will, the born-again people, right? The ones that are led by the Spirit, the ones that have kept themselves chaste and ready, will someday see the coming of the Lord. They'll see the Lord say at that time, or they'll hear the, hear the Lord say at that time, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And they will go into eternal life. But to the contrary, the ones that are not living a life that displays a readiness for the Lord. They're drinking, they're gambling, they're throwing away their money. They're, not, they're, they're just seeking whatever they want, whatever makes them feel good in this life. And they're not truly living for the Lord. And they're not ready for Him. They will go away into everlasting punishment. Today's teaching is a part of the gospel truth. The things that I'm saying today, it's a part of the gospel truth that many in the churches, many in the pulpits like to leave out today because it's uncomfortable to those that sit in the pews, that sit in the chairs of the church but aren't really living in righteousness, in righteousness and holiness. And as we look at our world today, we see wickedness prevailing. It always has. Evil groups are being honored as good. Righteous living and holiness is being portrayed as bad. People that stand up for the things of the Bible are considered bad people today. Now I of course don't know the day or the hour of the Lord's return, but it sure would be nice if it would be soon. But the question that I have to ask myself, the question that we all need to ask ourselves is, are we ready? Are we living like we're ready? Is there oil in our lamp? Are we letting the, the light of Christ shine in the way that we are living our lives? Is it evident? We've seen both the Lord Himself and one of His apostles, Peter, who also said that Paul says the same thing. We've seen them exhort us to be ready. That we've got to be ready. That we have to be living in a certain manner to be ready. Right? We've got to be ready. We've got to live right. Be diligent in our service to the Lord. So, what do we do with what we've learned today from the Scriptures? What do we do 
with what the Lord has said to our hearts today via His living Word. And we'll leave it at that. God bless. Thanks again for watching. If you have any prayer requests, any questions, you can reach out to us via our website. There's a contact form there. God bless. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You, Lord God, for Your Word, Your living Word. Thank You for Your Spirit who indwells us, who teaches us, who brings us into remembrance of all the things that You have said and all the things that You have done. Lord, we thank You that You have not left us comfortless nor alone. You have given us Your Spirit. We, we can know the way. We can know that You are the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one comes to the Father except through You. I pray that anyone that might hear this message today, that they would not turn a deaf ear to it, Lord, but rather they would give their hearts to You today. Those that know there's need for repentance in their lives, Lord, that they would do so. God, that Your Word would cut within us, Lord, and cause us to desire to love You more, to seek You with our whole heart. Again, we thank You for this time together. And we thank You for Your love and grace. In Jesus' name, Amen.